Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Gert Millak. Gert is the founder of SEO Leverage, a team of 30 people that helps businesses grow through search engine optimization. He has been doing SEO for nearly 20 years, which is almost as long as SEO has been a thing. He is also the author of The Erica Framework, your answer to the toughest SEO challenges, which outlines the formula for achieving a high SEO return on investment. They've generated 10 million plus clicks in organic traffic, thousands of leads, and millions of dollars in sales for 500 or more solopreneurs, coaches, online marketers, and international corporations simply by applying the latest SEO strategies and tactics. This is going to be a great conversation today. I love nerding out on SEO simply because the, the landscape has changed so much and continues to change even to this day. So I'm really curious to see what's new and exciting. Gareth, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for this intro. Really, really nice to hear this. All this. It's definitely been a quite a trip. SEO, as you say, has changed. Uh, but I'm looking forward to yeah, nerding out a little bit about search engine optimization. And maybe we can share a few battle stories. I love it. I love it. So uh, do me a favor. Let's talk a little bit about your background. You and I have been doing this for about the same time, right? the same amount of time, I should say. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about it is that there have been a lot of changes. Like the things that we did 20 years ago is not the same thing we did 19 years ago. And certainly not the same thing that we're doing today. The landscape has changed. The technology has changed. The devices that we interact with it has changed. And it is just going in some new and exciting directions while some main key concepts have remained constant and remained relevant from what we were doing way back when all the way through today. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. <laughs> Not sure what makes me amazing, but I'm, uh, I'm from Austria. Uh, this is probably part of what makes me amazing. Austria, based in Madrid in Spain. I, I came come from a technical background, so I'm a, a web developer by trade, so to speak. I was doing web programming every single day of my life over more than 15 years. And this now really comes in handy because when you have this technical background, a lot of things just make sense that Google does. So very often you can like assess a little bit where this might be going, what might be some reasons, what might be really the effect of some quick actions Google uh, is taking and where you expect things uh, to go. 
So it's interesting that you bring this up. I had to smile because my first SEO, if you call it, if this was probably called SEO back then, I remember we put some white text on white background to sneak in a few keywords that Google would then adopt. And it was all just about traffic. Everybody was happy when traffic came in. Whereas today, it's really all about this individual user and this individual conversion we want to achieve rather than getting huge amounts of useless traffic in, which ultimately only seem to be noise after all. You know what's interesting about this entire journey, no matter who you read, there was so much noise out there when you, when you know we're trying to level up, when we're trying to figure out what works or what is up and coming and how can we serve our clients in the best way possible. Google was actually giving us some really sage advice way back in the day. And basically they said, you know, just if you're going to write something, write it for humans. Don't write it for spiders. Don't write it for search bots. You know, actually write this thing so that an actual human being can do it. So what is half the industry going to do? The exact opposite, right? And they employ all these dirty tricks. They try to hide color on color. They try to hide things behind pop-ups and uh, alt tags behind, uh, behind images, anything they could to squeeze just a little bit more of SEO goodness out of it. And what happened was at the same time, you know, Google and the other search engines were, were like, hey, you know something, this is kind of cheating. So let's squash this and we can actually do this algorithmically, you know, rather than manual checking. And that's exactly what they did. Right. And that's why we've seen so many people go radically up and down on their search engine ranking simply because they would work with a team who would not adhere to those guidelines, who would not pay attention to what works and what doesn't. When you founded your company, what would you say is the was the founding ethos for, you know, for what you were trying to do? And how were you able to overcome that, you know, in an increasingly competitive environment? I think it's a really good point. So I've been doing in 20 years a lot of things in SEO as well. SEO with those shady tricks and and then you had to build 500 backlinks if your competitor had 300 backlinks, etc. I didn't really like it too much up until a few years ago where I then said, look, let's let's really go all in because now Google and SEO is at a stage where I really start to like it. And it's it, I started to like it because it's it's finally on a stage where you can do legit marketing work which is amazing for the user. The, the best quality very often wins. I'm not saying always, but very often the best quality content, user experience, and the entire picture essentially wins. And this is where I really went all in. We created SEO Leverage a few years ago. Uh, we created our software platform. We created our framework just because we found a way that we can sustainably get people more and more conversions in an ethical way. And first and foremost, what was always important for me was 100% transparency. So a lot of people come to our agency and say, look, I have been paying those guys five years, uh, this other agency. I have no idea what they were doing and why. They just asked me to pay my monthly retainer and maybe he here and there sent me a few keyword rankings as a report. This is definitely not enough. So when we started out with this, uh, we I think now, right now we have a software platform for this. But when we started out, I had a Google Docs, a shared Google Docs, where it just copied and pasted screenshots and some explanations for my clients because and this is also how i essentially trained my team it's always for me important that we know why we do something i don't need everybody to know the how because this is why we are here but i need my client to understand why we want them to create five or ten articles about a certain topic i need them to understand why it's important to 
change the content design on the page. I need to, to understand why the navigation is broken for the user. And I need them to understand why a certain user at a certain point needs a certain piece of information presented differently. So when we started out with SEO leverage, we really wanted to make sure that we are first of all transparent, but also really take our clients by their hand and walk them through the process. And this is where we said, look, every couple of weeks, we're going to send you an update, a Loom video. We still do this today. And say, look, this is the situation. This is what's happening. These are the results you're getting. This is what we plan to do. And this is why. And this process has been working really, really well. This is why I then ended up publishing the book and creating the software around it. Because it's just clients just stick with us for years. And this is really the way where I love SEO and I love making SEO one of the pillars of my client's marketing strategy this way. You know, one of the biggest challenges for me for selling and maintaining SEO clients was sort of explaining to them the challenges, right? And now that we're in a World Cup season, this uh, this analogy is actually, you know, very apt. You know, think about it that you're playing a game of football or soccer, you know, if you're in America, you know, and the opposing team can change the rules on you at will and you just have to go along with it, right? What was, you know, uh, relatively accepted, now it's not going to be accepted, right? And basically, you know, to your point, you know, you were always monitoring these trends and you were being transparent to your clients. So, you like, no one's being blindsided, not you, not them. And what happens is that you're creating a, a better partnership, you know, not just saying, you know, we messed up or Google messed up or someone else messed up. You know, it's just, listen, the landscape uh, changed. The landscape changes on a regular basis. And this is what we're doing to roll with those punches. How do you deal with working environment where your environment does change so radically from, you know, from one quarter to another? And then you notice what was working for you six months ago, a year ago, simply is not working for you now. And now you need to completely pivot and, you know, maybe increase headcount or increase of words written. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. How do you deal with that change? So definitely the one only constant thing in entrepreneurship is change, as they say. So just really, first of all, embracing it. The second thing I would say, and we have been doing this for a while, a lot of things haven't changed. So we always hear about Google assessing things now differently. We have artificial intelligence. We can now use it to write content, but maybe we shouldn't. So there's a lot of insecurity in the market right now, where I think it's our job as SEO agencies to really also bring some clarity into this. The, the best way we have found when it comes to dealing with change is first of all, having our own R&D. We only do our own SEO testing. We in parts of masterminds, SEO masterminds, where other agencies and ourselves as well exchange test results. So test means that we it's one thing that Google says something. It's another thing that you can actually prove it is that way because it's not always the case, just as a side note. So we do our own R&D and we have also uh, the advantage is an agency that if you're consistently working on 30, 40 projects or more in different industries around the planet, there are certain things that just pop up as new trends. So you see, we change, do something, test something on one of our internal site and apply it to a few clients and say, hey, this seems to be working. Let's apply it to another client, a similar methodology. And these things, this is just the leverage you don't have if you're, if you're going solo with your own website, where you really need to rely on someone you trust who is also consistently testing. So part of our software platform, for example, one feature is called SEO Lab. 
And this is where we consistently just test certain things on a set of URLs. So if a blog has 500 articles, we might pick 10 and make a drastic change on those 10 articles and see what is Google doing now with them. Because what works on one site doesn't necessarily have to work on another website. You want to be careful about this because different industries, different keywords trigger different things. But you want to always be testing. So this is one of the main mantras, so to speak, in our agency. We always want to be testing. We have our strategist always lining up uh, experiments for our clients where we say, look, why, why don't we try this one? And this is a little bit drastic, but we see there are indications this might be working, so it's worth a shot. And then you test this, you let this run for maybe four to eight weeks. Check again, was this a good idea? Yes, this brought us 25% more in traffic. Let's do this on another set of URLs and see if we can prove this is actually definitely working before we roll this out sidewide. What agencies very often are going to do is they just apply a set of best practices to a website and then pray and hope that this is going to be, this has been a good idea where we really try to more focus on the conversions, which is ultimately what our clients want. They're not interested in traffic too much. Usually they want conversions. But then we really want to make sure that we test and really have hard data to prove that this was a good idea. Clients are going to ask, do you think this works? Can you think this works? Very often, we honestly don't know. We have reference projects in our own tests where we say, look, I have seen this three times out greatly and getting clients more conversions. This is why I ask you for 10, not your best, but your decently performing URLs. So we can make this change and prove what is the data suggests. Very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about the tactics that you help your clients go for, right? So, you know, if you go to the University of YouTube, there are a million, if not millions, of videos that will walk you through different uh, different aspects. Not all of them are great, right? And knowing which one to hang on to, you know, which one to listen to and which one to ignore is really, really hard to figure out, right? In your experience, how do you use or how do you help your clients use SEO in order to expand their email lists and to help them you know, I create better courses and create better, better lead generation, you know, just by manipulating the content and the rankings on search mm-hmm. engines. Absolutely. Great point. So first of all, tracking is the first, the most important thing. So we establish in the first call with a new client, we establish that the tracking is correct. So we track conversions with Google Analytics. We import them into our platform so we can track them as we want to manipulate them in our analysis. And then moving forward, conversions are an important part on making decisions what actually matters. And this really comes from the point where clients very often have teams or VAs, assistants working on their website, and they think that filling in the Yoast plugin or Rank Math plugin on WordPress is enough in order to have SEO taken care of. And then a few months down the road, we don't know why we are not getting results, right? First of all, many clients are not defining results. They just check maybe overall traffic that comes from search engines, but don't differentiate traffic that might be branded where somebody's also searching already searching for your brand for your brand name which is not an seo achievement to rank for your own brand name i would say from non-branded searches which is people searching for your service or products or the problems you solve without knowing who you are actually and this is where really the big leverage point is so first of all we track the second thing is that we identify what is actually happening and then is where we see what can be, where are the quick wins? What is already performing halfway well? And to give you an example, if you have an article that's getting a lot of traffic already, 
we want to analyze it. Why is it getting traffic? What kind of mindset do users have when they come to this article? Would they be open to take the next logical step? And this next logical step very often can be for online courses, for example, an opt-in to download something, get a free lesson or things like those. But you really want to make sure you have a good understanding of what kind of user comes in and at which moment in their customer journey. Because sometimes it's not realistic to expect too much. If somebody searches for the height of the Eiffel Tower um, and a book you want to sell them is probably not what they're looking for. They just want the height and ideally in meters or feet or whatever it is. But that's about it. They're not ready to take the next step. But somebody who wants to learn how to play the guitar, for example, coming to a site that offers like a free, a free lesson on how to um, learn your first song or how to learn the, the three most important chords. This is something that's really compelling and this person is ready. So we want to match the content with where people come in with the right intent to actually a lead magnet. And once we have this done, we can then talk about or take the user experience on the website and say, okay, how does this user really go through this content? Do I really expect them to start at the beginning and finish at the bottom, which is probably not happening anymore. But am I really presenting this in a user-friendly way where people on the mobile phone, which is usually the vast majority of users these days, can actually consume this content well? And can they actually um, go through this without being overwhelmed by too much text? Do I have this in a visual format? Do I have some key takeaways? Can I, can I navigate this article to really use it the way I want to use it at this stage? This is usually what then helps us with the lead generation. You know, that's really interesting. I wanted to ask you something. How does some of the other traffic and lead generation techniques interact with this though? Specifically what I'm asking is, you know, like like how much would a paid uh, a paid Google or paid Facebook campaign interact with what you're trying to do, you know, on the search engine optimization side, or even if you're creating videos on, uh, on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube in order to help supplement and bring traffic over to the specific page that you're trying to cause people to take a specific action, you know, put in their email address, download this ebook, you know, hopefully mm -hmm. sign up for their tripwire offer. How do some of those with what it is you're trying to do? Well, I guess it really depends on obviously your your goals. We need you need to see SEO as one of the pillars below your marketing strategy. I'm far off of saying uh, SEO is the the most important or the only pillar you should be focusing on. But certainly, there is a lot of value in combining, for example, Google Ads with SEO. So, for example, we bring people into uh, a website with SEO and then have a, so a remarketing campaign on Google Ads, where we then bring them to a landing page where they then can opt in. So we essentially get them first exposed to the brand organically when they're just in research mode and then when they are ready to engage with one of our video ads or one of the, the banner ads for example we then get them to a landing page if you think about instagram and reels for example which are getting a lot of a lot of feedback these days a simple call to action to go over head over to our website and, and get to go to this or find us in 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 google type in xyz in google and come to our article, et cetera. You want, to, you want to find a way to still leverage the search traffic probably to then bring in more people. It's all about identifying people at the right time. This doesn't have to be on Google. This can also be on, on social media platforms, like you say. But for, for us, Google is just a special moment where people are really ready to consume what you have. Whereas on social media with some advertising, et cetera, it might just not be the right moment. It's really interesting that you bring that up right now. At least here in the United States, there are these commercials floating about called hashtag uh, TikTok taught me, right? So they're actually, you know, trying to convince people here 
that TikTok is actually a platform where you go to learn things. And I'm starting to hear more and more about it because YouTube being the second largest search engine, right, also being owned by Google, actually does a very good job of helping educate people, find the information visually that they are looking for. But YouTube content compared to TikTok t- content is usually like 10, 10 to 20 times larger. You know, TikTok content, you know, they're teaching you a recipe mm-hmm. in under a minute 30. Whereas if you try to see the same recipe in in YouTube, you know, they go into it and they're showing you every little thing and it ends up being a 10 minute ordeal. Right. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is that, you know, like when people are focused, you know, like only on one and two of these, it's okay that one can dominate the other, that one can be, you know, definitely bring a lot more attention to it. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down more to intention and what actually happens, right? The example I use when people are walking through a large shopping mall, I will just stand in the middle of that mall and count how many people have bags. Because that is the true mark of conversion, right? If you stand in front of an Apple store, you see people walking out with bags all the time, right? And then when you go see, well, we used to have the Microsoft stores, you don't see so much of that, right? And it's a very poignant indicator of what people need to understand is, you know, this is the same thing with your website. Your website is your storefront, whether you're putting money for it or not. You are collecting an exchange uh, you know, an exchange of value. Let me ask you something. When you're talking with people about that and they keep on bringing up, you know, these other channels that maybe, you know, you don't want to deal with or that you don't want to, like, like you don't want to take ownership of, how do you handle those types of objections, you know, to make sure that you stay in your wheelhouse and that, you know, maybe they have another expert, uh, you know, handling their TikTok and you're able to stay in your link, but also support their efforts and they support yours. How does that look in the world? So what we very often do is we just, first of all, very often we're getting in, in touch directly with the other people working on the project. So we might have a group call when we come on uh, just to shake hands essentially and see how can we best help each other. Because we can help each other, for example, if we research a piece of content and that converts well, this is a topic social media should also leverage and probably talk about because it seems to be resonating at the same at the, at the right moment for people to then take action at the same time if there's something going viral on social media i would really appreciate knowing about it so we can consider it uh, as a potential topic or entry topic to then further research and say okay maybe we can write 20 articles at some point eventually about this topic if this is so so such a hot topic right now and really also brings the results this is really important we don't want to just be led by views and few counts because the Instagram or TikTok algorithm thought this was a good idea. We want to really uh, charge on outcomes. But as soon as there is an indicator, there must be a cross-pollination or, or what they call it, like where the different platforms and the people representing those platforms really talk to each other. So very often we might be also running a, a Google Ads campaign. It's not like something we, we do all the time. Uh, but we do for existing SEO clients, if they ask us to do this, to only have one person for search marketing, we're happy to run the Google Ads campaign. So we have the data directly, but we also exchange just keyword lists and, and reports with other agencies working on Google Ads on their behalf, just to make sure that we all talk about the same thing. An example, I just had a client where they where we weren't exactly sure of three different keywords and key terms he wanted to rank for, which one was closer rela- related to a potential conversion. So we asked the ads agency actually to run some ads for us 
in the name of the client, the client was involved here. And then we got conversion data, which was really interesting because with ads, you can really figure out which keyword seems to be more resonating to potential conversion. Whereas in SEO, we are very URL focused. We can't break it down by the individual keyword people used. Amazing. Gert, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you online mm -hmm. and what they need to do to reach out to you directly? Absolutely appreciate it. So the best would be to head over to seoleverage.com. Uh, we have a lot of material there. We have a small podcast ourselves there. And uh, just book in a call. If you feel you want to have a chat with me, book in a call. We have gone on a, on a Zoom call together. Check out your website quickly. Draft what could be an actual plan that could make sense. And then see if there's anything we can help with. Amazing. Gert, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. I could do this for an hour. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.